Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. It is awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very, very cool. And I, I was kind of speaking a little bit before we started the show. It's really awesome, um, especially whenever I get females on the show. Uh, for me, I, I'm very, very proud about the fact that we've got like a really awesome group of female athletes that we've had on the podcast so far. In my opinion, pound for pound, some of, well, the strongest females on the planet. So the fact that you're here is super, super, super mm -hmm. awesome. And obviously you've got a long, long history behind you. Lots of exciting things ahead of you, hopefully. And um, yeah, very, very excited to get, to get kind of stuck into this. But what fascinates me about you is the kind of the, the really long diverse history of sports that you have competed in because it is like polar opposite ends of the spectrum like because I mean, it makes no sense <laughs> yeah it blows my mind but let's kind of get into that a little bit because you know you've done everything through gymnastics you played like college soccer you've done marathons ironmans powerlifting ollie lifting insane yeah. base insane base of general physical preparedness like where did that all start oh well young but like you're saying like that whole just gpp like i feel like i'm built for anything you know but then when i found lifting i found what i was really built for <laughs> took a little oh, while yeah. <laughs> took a while to get there but when i did get there yes i was new but i wasn't starting at zero yeah, you know yeah, which made it a lot easier as well um to be able to do some of the things that i did in the time span that i did it so it wasn't that long um since i started lifting using <laughs> yeah. quotes because you know i was lifting before just not for one one rms or anything yeah but like i think that's the thing as well is that when when you look back at, at, at your training and stuff when were you mm -hmm. kind of starting to introduce like bar yeah. movements weightlifting and stuff in with all of your other sporting work yeah, that's a great question. I feel very fortunate when I was growing up in high school playing soccer to have a couple coaches that really pushed like strength and conditioning. Oh, damn. Yeah. And not necessarily even barbell, but like the conditioning portion and dumbbell work, like weights, you know, which was awesome because I mean, I was in high school a little while ago at this point. I graduated high school in 2006. Okay. So it was a while ago, you know? So, like, say, 2002 to 2006, it wasn't necessarily super cool or popular, especially if you are female, for your teams to be strength and conditioning. So like that was cool. And then I also lucked out when I went to college to have really great strength and conditioning coaches, which isn't always true, even unfortunately to this day. Um, you know, like colleges don't always have strength and conditioning coaches that are stellar. And I lucked out that way. And that was really my first introduction to the weight room. And I loved it. Probably yeah. more than I liked playing soccer, which is probably a problem. And probably when I should have like bing, set off. This is a little when I should ball. take a step back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. But similarly, when I graduated college, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. And social media wasn't as big as it is now. So I didn't know it was an option to compete in strength sports which is why I started running. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, everyone can do this, right? I just need a pair of shoes and let's go. Like, this is fine. Literally. I don't think I can sit still. <laughs> like, I have to be active. And I always have been, and I never thought about it until soccer ended for me. So college soccer ended, and it was like, what am I going to do now? I can't just sit here. When normal people are like, yeah, I can finally just sit here. Yeah. And you know, binge watch some, well, not Netflix then, yeah. but whatever, whatever. Gossip Girl, those were the days. Um, <laughs> and chill out. And I went the totally opposite end of the spectrum um, and got into running, got into marathons, got into Ironmans, and really just can't see my life without some type of activity. And I think it just helps with the structure of my life. And I probably have some sort of undiagnosed ADHD, you know, for real. And I'm sure a lot of athletes do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That like, you know, that can't give it up and that need that structure and that thrive off that structure, never mind the activity part. But it's like a way that my days are structured, my months are structured, my years are structured. And I like it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I think it's interesting. Like, I think, I think we can kind of t touch on this a little bit and it'd be, be cool to talk about this. Like, with the fact that you have all of that structure in your training and your sports and stuff, 
in in your sporting life how did that or did it kind of juxtapose your education was it a case of like you weren't able to concentrate in the classroom and whatever and everything was just all about the movement being physical being active like actually having to be like run about like a dog to actually like get tired and take that mental Kinda. fatigue yeah like yeah. I, I, yeah I think there are a lot of people that are the same though because I, 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 I was the exact same the exact yeah. same I totally agree yeah I, um, I, I think we, we need to have that that stimulus to to kind of to carry over as well like we need to have that training and we need to have that satisfaction in our mind for us to be able to be like okay well like now we can contribute like a little bit of this to here mm -hmm. and we can learn a little bit more or whatever in an easier manner yeah and i think some people that maybe don't have that experience find it hard to believe because you're expending okay. energy but anytime i've ever had the best focus whether it's was in school or work-wise or whatever the task at hand is is when i'm like training and in a good rhythm. The times where I'm the most tired and the least focused are typically when I'm not in a good rhythm and not working out. And typically when you're not working out, your nutrition isn't as good either because why the heck would it be, right? And it's just all starts running into each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like a snowball yeah. effect, isn't it? It, it, yeah. it? it just kind of compounds. And I think, you know, this, this kind of everything that's happened in, in the last year, year and a half, has really gone to highlight that the amount of people that you know really really strong solid foundation making great gains and then oh there's a curveball right there and now mm -hmm. what's going to happen there's going to be a ton of people that just fall straight off the wagon they mm -hmm. fall into those reciprocating negative cycles where it's like mm -hmm. i don't move i want to move less i want to eat more i get fatter i don't want to move mm -hmm. i don't want to move and it's like <laughs> okay it's hard it's hard to pull yourself out and it's hard to pull yourself out because when you do especially after a year like this past year you're pulling yourself out and from what you're remembering of yourself you're not there and that's so hard especially if you were in a really good spot before because that's all you're thinking about in your head when you step back into the gym and it's just that's not true and that's okay but like you have to accept it before you put that foot back in the gym yeah, and I think you more than anyone are, are in a position right now to talk about this from such a great standpoint because it's a case of you haven't just had the, the year with COVID and everything else happening. Obviously, not long given birth, two beautiful right. babies. It's like, oh my goodness, you have got everything on your plate at the moment and you're returning into the gym. So that process is so hard because not only do you have, okay, my body isn't necessarily where it was pre-pregnancy or even from my last me, but now, you know, you still got like relaxing hormones flowing through your body. You can't do a hundred percent effort what you were doing previously. And actually you're now kind of going through this like prehab phase to get you mm -hmm. back to where you can then take those big jumps mm -hmm. up, to, up to your, your stage mm -hmm. totals again. So just psychologically talk to me, how have you found that? Because that, it just seems crazy to me. It is crazy. And I've thought about this a lot recently, like in the past couple of weeks, because I feel like, you know, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm very close to being able to pick it up, you know, to yeah. Yeah. put it in one way yeah, or another yeah. and to be able to like start to push some weights, throw a belt on, throw some knee sleeves on, not really think about other things other than lifting, right? Um, at least in the gym. <laughs> but it's been for me personally, I did not know how I was going to react to this whole thing. Cause like I was saying, I've been someone that from as long as I could remember, I've been a mover and not that I wasn't moving, but a lot of it was out of my control where I always liked that piece. I could control what I was doing in the gym. I was responsible for that. Yeah. You know, when I stepped on the soccer field, I could control how fit I showed up. That was important to me. Like that was kind of a me showing, I care about this game. Yeah, you know, yeah. might not be the best soccer player here, but I can get myself fit to show that I care, you know, yeah. same thing when I show up on the platform, like I take pride in the preparation. So like, I want to show up and be prepared. It's not always going to go your way, but as long as I show up as prepared as I can, like I'm cool with that. However, things may play out. Yeah. The worst meets that I've had are not necessarily the worst total, but the most frustrating meets that I've had is I know the preparation didn't go that well. And it might've been something I could control. Maybe it was something I couldn't control, but one way or another, I kind of knew going into the meet, eh, I'm rolling the dice, right? And like, when you're rolling the dice, <laughs> it doesn't work out usually, but you're hopeful. And then and that's just always sets you up to be disappointed and frustrated, part of the process, but whatever. So I really, 
didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and it's been kind of nice in a way of it's made me take a step back from that competitive mindset sure. when I was pregnant. And now it's been so humbling. Like I've never really had to start at zero. Yeah, 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 yeah. And build back. And of course, this is quick. It's not like someone that's really starting at zero. Like I have this foundation and yes, I was healing and all of these things. But still, I was starting at zero for me and having to build back. It's been such a humbling process that now I feel like I'm so much more empathetic to so many of my other lifters that I thought I was before, but I never had the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's now, such an important point to talk on. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause now you've lived it and you have that yeah. empathy because you <laughs> understand all these other things. Whereas before, like, I'm sure you could probably admit it's a case of when you haven't experienced it, like you empathize to a point, but then there's also that kind of like, come on, we can do this. We can get through this. Mm -hmm. We can get through anything together. And then when you live it and you're like, okay maybe this right. is a little bit harder than we can just get through this together like maybe maybe there needs to be a little bit more of a hand holding process here than just the yeah. like you could do this champ crack on by yourself so yeah yeah and the struggles are different you know and I used to think maybe as a coach like you have to build the trust and there's this huge trust especially when people are going for their PRs when I know they can hit it like no problem but you're uncertain anytime you put yourself under that barbell with weight that you've never lifted before it doesn't yeah. matter but I'm in my head, I'm now like, I think there has to be way more trust at that beginning process <laughs> because <laughs> that person's thinking I have, I have X, Y, and Z goals and I'm nowhere close to them. And that's kind of like, I felt that when I first started, like, Oh God, I have all these goals in my head. Am I crazy? You know? And I've done some crazy things before. So I always remind myself, yeah, you are crazy, but if you follow through, yeah. it will all work out, you yeah. know? And it's okay to have those lofty goals, but you just have to trust the process and you can't rush the process. Yes, I talk about this so, 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 so much with my clients. And I do think that that is the case. If you can get your clients to trust in the process and it's like, trust and believe in you that there are gonna be ebbs and flows of every single training cycle, because, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times before, training doesn't happen in a vacuum. There are so many different mm -hmm. influences on your training Sleep day. deprivation. Oh, <laughs> I think there's someone in the room that's very qualified to talk about that right now. <laughs> like 50% uh, blood, 50% caffeine at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tough. true though, you know, like it's hard because people show up to the gym and they have their plan, they want it to go perfectly. But like you're saying, it's not just the gym. It's the other, you know, 22 to 23 hours, however long your training takes you, it's all those other hours that affect that one to two hours training yeah. so much and that experience so much. And that's okay, you know? And for me, that was one of the things I knew I had to let go um, when I got pregnant was to be so by the book. And I used to be that person that would show up and expect a lot. And if I couldn't hit numbers, I'd get so frustrated. And I was very type a about my lifting and my training is this um, right up until you you stop competing so are you still talking about you you're still like this like the arnold super total everything like that it's you, you, okay yeah yeah fair enough yeah 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 so that was an interesting experience but it was something that like i in a weird way enjoyed i wouldn't enjoy it if i was training for something yeah but like, I was like, I don't want to track my numbers. I don't want to know because it's only going to like, what is, good is that going to do me to see my numbers go down? You know, like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> or to not be able to complete training one day, you know, like that's, I don't want to know that. I just want to show up when I can do the best I can on the days I can and set more of like a frequency goal. I want to train three days this week and I'm going to show up and do the best I can on those three days. And let me tell you, there were weeks that looked very different. Some weeks crushed, some weeks were tough and it was just moving you know yeah and i think that's that's the smart thing isn't it and i think i mean especially when you've been in the game as long as you have and you've coached the amount of people that you've coached and been coached yourself is that you can kind of see okay like we don't need to necessarily put these like psychological or physiological restraints on ourselves and be like mm -hmm. okay like we can let it go that we've had this slightly shittier week it's fine mm -hmm. and let's leave that shitty week in that week 
and let's approach yeah. this new week and let's not try to bring that negative energy, which again is so easy to say, but so hard Way to do hard in principle. To do. So yes. hard to do. So how did you and do how that? Many, how many times though have you found for yourself or people that you're coaching not talking like injury or sickness or anything like that, maybe just yeah. life things that you had a shitty week of training, but then they show up the next week and it's like the best week of training in their life because whatever it was, life stresses or who knows that was outside of the gym drops off and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm actually as strong as I thought I was. It wasn't just like one week, all of my strength disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it what is. it feels like when you're in the moment. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, clients will be like, Oh, like I just feel so weak today, and you're like, "That's okay. okay. Like you're yeah. okay. It's okay to feel weak today." Because right. then, in like three weeks' time, when we break a PB, and you're like, "Holy shit, I feel so good." You're like, mm-hmm. "Exactly." And if only you mm-hmm. could have gone back like three weeks ago and been to yourself and like, "Hey, trust the process." In three weeks' time, we're gonna smash that PB. You'd be like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Like uh, this bad day <laughs> isn't too bad after all." Then, like, it's all right. We'll get through this. But exactly. in the moment, like you said, you're like. Well, I mean, I I am. I know you're like it as well. Like you just beat yourself up. Like I am my worst enemy. I am my worst critic. And I talk about myself way more negatively than anyone else will ever critique me. And I'm sure you're probably the same, right? Yes. But okay, (laughs) let's tell the people, has it ever gone well for you when you, when you've been so hard set on a number and you're having a real shitty day? No. No, No. It, it really, really messes with you. You just Yep. Or you in your head, you're like, if I was one of my own like athletes, what would I tell them? And you're telling yourself the exact opposite and you do the exact opposite thing. And then you end up with a back injury for four months. Not that I've done that, but you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've been there. I've been there before I've a couple <laughs> of times where I like, I don't know, like I'm going through stuff. I'm just, I'm just talking, talking about stuff out loud to my girlfriend. And she's like, well, you know what? what would you tell your clients to do? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what? Let, you know, let's not go into that right now, okay? This is right. a different scenario. You're like, in your head, you're like, this isn't a different scenario. She's caught you perfectly <laughs> in your bullshit. Like, you, you need to sort this out. It's like, yeah, okay, actually, you know what? You know what? Hands up. Yeah, 100%. Like, right. what, what, what would you tell someone else to do? And I think it is It's really, really hard to sometimes step back and be really subjective about what's going on, like, for yourself. And I think this then kind of, it leads quite perfectly into the importance of having some form of coach, mentor, supporting team, lifting team, or even just friends that you lift with on, on a regular basis that are potentially slightly more experienced than you or have, or have been in the game a little bit longer, because then you mm-hmm. can have that back and mm-hmm. forth and you right. can really get an understanding of where you truly are in this space and not just where you perceive yourself to be yeah. in these top two inches, which can really, really, really mm-hmm. project a completely different vision to what you're actually experiencing. And I'm sure you could probably talk about that too. For sure. You need someone in your corner that cares about your success, but it's also objective. Yes. And you can't do that for yourself. You care about your success, but you can't be objective. No matter how hard you try, you can't be. You can't, you, you kind of have tunnel vision and you should, but that's why you need, you know, someone in your corner, or a bunch of people in your corner that can be that person. Yeah. A hundred percent. And obviously you, you, you've been in a position where you've worked with some absolutely fantastic coaches. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really interested to kind of get into the, the whole process for you with obviously huge foundation, great GPP. Mm-hmm. You come in smashing a powerlifting and now you're in a position where you're then bringing Olympic lifting in with Max to tie in with your powerlifting, and now you're going through the super totals training. For you, like, had you ever, to start off with, had you ever kind of actually been doing that style of training previously in sports? Because a lot of people won't realize that, you know, with a lot of like this, like track stuff and long distance, you'll probably still be doing a little bit of Ollie stuff because it's great for, for movement and foundational patterns. Had you ever actually touched on it before you kind of got into that? Because for anyone that's like, oh, getting strong, why would I do Olympic lifts with powerlifting? I just want to squat, bench, and deadlift more. And you're like, "Ah, we need to talk talk about a few things. (laughs) So A, had you ever actually done that sort of training prior to kind of talking to Max and, and getting involved with that sort of stuff? So I've done in strength and conditioning sense, like cleans, like power cleans and things like that. 
never snatched. Um, and then a few months before I started working with Max, I started weightlifting at like a local weightlifting club. Okay. And um, was basically just trying to combine that program with my powerlifting program, which doesn't work in case anyone's wondering. But <laughs> I didn't know anything about weightlifting. And if you know me, you know I love to squat. So I did a whole lot of squatting because naturally weightlifting loves to squat and ah. powerlifting loves to squat. <laughs> didn't bench. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just basically did things that I wanted to do. And it was fun, but I didn't necessarily make any progress. <clears throat> I'm so glad you touched on that. It on was fun, but I didn't progress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so once I figured out like, hey, maybe I want to make a little bit more progress. Uh, that's when I started to do a little bit of research and start work with Max um, and training super, super total, super total. Yes, and, and, and how <laughs> for you, because I think, you know, anyone that's listening to this that, that's like never really heard of the super total before, never even kind of realized that, that this combination of powerlifting and Olympic lifting, which I still think even in the strength sports space is still quite niche uh, yeah, and, and, and it's agree. still quite, quite new, but very, it very is. exciting and very, very cool. It's kind yeah. of like stripping away all of the other like CV stuff from CrossFit that we don't want to associate ourselves with too yeah. much. And then right? take all the really cool stuff that we're like, yeah, let's do more of this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to, well, I can't even say that. I was going to say, I don't want to run. And then I was like, oh, we're kidding. That Wait, would be why? so hypocritical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to do a uh, butterfly pull up. Yeah. Um, so Yes, I agree. And I think it's super cool. It's definitely a super niche. There's not a ton of actual events. Yeah. You know, there's a couple here and there, but there's not too many actual super total events around. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, like, like Highland Game but... vibes in terms of like the scale of it. Like people that know about the yeah. Highland Games, they're like, oh my God, this is the coolest yeah. thing ever. Like you have to come and try this out. It's the same with super totals, but it's like everyone else, you're like, wait what what is it that you do again <laughs> right and it's kind of funny and i don't know if it's like this i don't know but like powerlifting weightlifting are two very different worlds everyone thinks they are very similar because it's a barbell and you're moving weight and that's it and they're they could not be more different yeah and not only that but sometimes like they kind of look at each other like you know like oh that's the other strength sport and i'm like you're on the same team we're all the same team, goddammit. Like, everyone just wants to get strong, you know? And then I'll be honest, like, let's be real. Powerlifter, and people probably get, I don't know if people get mad at me, get their little panties in a bunch hey, when I say this, but whatever. Me. Powerlifters are stronger, right? Weightlifters are way more athletic. They just are. They're way more athletic. Like, technically, what they're doing, like, there's no comparison. It's much easier to get into powerlifting than it is to get into weightlifting. And I think that's, for sure why powerlifting has exploded without a doubt between CrossFit and the fact that it's easy to get into. You can go to any gym and do powerlifting and train for powerlifting. If, as long as they have a barbell, you can't do that for weightlifting. Um, and I think for me, I love being strong. Like there is nothing like loading up a barbell and knowing you can move a ton of weight. Like there's no feeling like throwing a barbell on your back or pulling something off the floor I wish I could pull more off the floor, but you know what <laughs> I mean? Come, it'll come, it'll come. <laughs> um, and like, just makes you feel super badass, you know? Like it makes you feel like you're on top of the world. Yeah. Weightlifting, I don't necessarily, and again, I'm not at the same level, like get that feeling like, hey, 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 like, like I'm so strong, but <laughs> I feel so athletic. And for me, I love to feel athletic. I come from a background, like you were saying, a huge GG Sorry, <laughs> I didn't sleep much. GPP. We go baby brain, it's fine. Huge athletic, lots of different motions, you know, like fast explosive motions, multi-planar motions. And then to go to powerlifting, it's very different. And I felt very, I felt very strong, but I felt very unathletic. So mixing the two for me was kind of the best of both worlds. Like I get to feel athletic and I get to feel super strong. Perhaps it's gonna make my progress a little bit slower in both sports, but I'm okay with that. Like Heck, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, you know? But, I, I, but I, don't, I don't even necessarily know because I think, you know, I mean, and there are so many different powerlifting programs out there that call for so many different facets of, of strength training. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I think when you look at the, the feedback that you're getting from your body with your 
Olympic lifting. Oh yeah. In terms of a the functionality, so the, the the fact that you're actually going to be stimulating so many of these muscles that you aren't just battering day in and day out with your like SPD training. Right. It's a case of the. I, I think you know. Yes, it's a technical movement, and there is right. huge potential for things to go wrong. But because you're moving your body in a way that you aren't in all these other patterns, that actually right. is helping you with your injury prevention because you don't yes. have that overstimulus. You're not going to be getting that tendonitis quite so much. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to be screwed up my knees quite yeah. so much. I actually couldn't so. agree more with that part, especially for me weightlifting. Like my strength ability and weightlifting is like here. And no one can see this because it's a podcast, but it's fine. It's like high. <laughs> no, they can see video on YouTube. So, so YouTubers, <laughs> you can see what's going on here. Everyone else, just imagine, imagine. Yeah, just imagine. <laughs> one hand's really high, and my technical ability is like much lower. Yeah. So, you know, for me, weightlifting wise, it's still a little bit lower cost in terms of like injury risk. I think just because my strength is so much higher than my technical ability. But for me, like you're saying, injury prevention, I think without a doubt, it has helped me stay injury free and will help me stay in the sport longer. And then I think the other thing is burnout. Like it's helped me yes. not feel like I'm yes. just hammering and not feel like, let's be honest, sometimes it takes a year to get a kilo, you know, like when you get to a certain part on a lift. And I don't know, some people can do it. I don't know if I would be able to do it and that be my sole focus. I think I would have a really, really hard time with that. And this has allowed me to, you know, dabble in different areas, but still be able to work for that kilo. Yeah, but I think that's the thing is that the, even though you're doing all of this, you in the background, you've still got one foot on the gas the whole time. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it, in yeah. the macro perspective, yeah. you are still getting closer to, to, to where you want to be. And just like you Absolutely. said, they're like, you're almost in that like, potential phase like the potentiation mm -hmm. phase of your olympic lifting because you know structurally you can you can put some crazy right. numbers out there and yeah. the fact that you're like okay this is great because i know i've got way more i know right. i can lift way more right but now i have to hammer myself to right. get so clinically perfect with right. all of these positions but then those positions and forcing myself to stay strong in them then carries back across to my powerlifting. 100%. There's no doubt, like my core and my back, so much stronger. And there's no doubt the amount, and this is almost weird because weightlifters don't necessarily have a huge amount of upper body mass, but the amount of like upper body muscle I put on when I started weightlifting from shrugging and pressing so much was crazy. And 100% carried over my bench. My bench exploded when I started weightlifting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just everything in that upper back, like you said. And again, it's really interesting because, in terms of the programming, the way that, that everything is laid out, the fact that you're having to do all of those positions where you're getting all those shrugs in, now it's a case of that we don't have to take any extra time to put into auxiliary work to work your mm -hmm. traps and bring up your upper back and bring up your right. rear delts because just being in that overhead position repeatedly over right. and over again does it all for you. So you're like, okay, right. well now I've cut out all of that. And replaced mm -hmm. it with one lift. Right. 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 Or variations of that lift. Like, and yeah. I think that's pretty cool as well. Like we were it's talking about it's, cool. it's variation, but not having to stray too far away and, and throw in all these other different stimuli, which can obviously like slow the recovery process or mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like there's so many movement factors. And not to say I've thought about it. Like, could I just do powerlifting? I've thought about it a lot. I've never just done powerlifting. Before I did super total, I was running yeah. in powerlifting. <laughs> Which is um, insane. The, en the, the energy <laughs> systems are completely different. And you, you're just smashing it. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, it was like, girl, make up your animal. mind. But <laughs> I think in this, like the same respect, I like ball, like I like, volume I just do like that huge amount of volume I feel like I've had it my whole life like you know practices and weight room you're training for four hours a day gymnastics you're training for four hours a day like there's just always been this huge amount of volume which isn't for everybody nah. <laughs> it's one of the first things I like say it's not for everybody and it's one of the most important questions I think I ask some of my athletes is how long do you want to spend in the gym and not do you think you should how long do yes. you want to we can make it fit. 
it might change a couple things, but if it's 45 minutes, we're going to make it 45 minutes. Cause if we make it two hours in three months, you're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, I want to be in that gym for three hours. Okay, cool. Usually you probably with friends too, even better. You're going to stay and you're going to be in this lifting community forever. You know, like, Anyways, I'm getting really sidetracked. No, 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 not but... at all. Not at all. No, but, no, but you're so right. And hopping off on that point, because I think it's really, really important, is that the, the fact that you need to do that. You need to right. listen to the client. You need to listen and understand their requirements. And if it's a case of that as a coach, you instinctually want to be programming two and a half hour fucking sessions and they can only fit 45 minutes in, you need to step back as a coach and be like, mm -hmm. what am I doing here? Like, am I just pushing everything that I've learned onto this person? Or am I being instinctual and being like, okay, we can't do all of those things. How do we condense? Mm -hmm. How do we specify? And how do we get the mm -hmm. best out of it for you? And then that just mm -hmm. goes to show it's not about you. It's about right. the client. Yep. The other huge learning process, and this is kind of switching, like as a coach, especially yeah. with lifting, is how, and this is again, just like individuals, right? Like such everyone is so different, which is awesome. Like that's, I think the coolest part about being a coach is how different everybody is and how, and how many different stimuluses can work for the same goal. I think it's cool too. Right. Yeah. But how quickly people also get through exercises is so different person to person. Yeah. You know, and to no fault of their own, sometimes it's just like maybe someone's coming in without a ton of GPP and they literally need that rest right? Maybe it's someone that gets really distracted by their training. Maybe they're training with their best friends, but maybe they still only have a certain amount of time. Like, right. There's so many different variables and knowing why it's taking a certain amount of time. Like I've just realized that as I've coached longer and longer, ask more questions, you know, like how long is this session taking you? Cause in my mind, I have an idea of how long it would take, but how long is it actually taking you? Yeah. And if it's taking way longer, are you limited by like your cardio like do you literally need more rest or are you finding yourself distracted and should I write put a timer on for two minutes you know but like how am I going to help you get the most out of every session and like it's so different depending on where people are at what they're doing in the gym what their personality is yeah. you know my personality in the gym for the most part is <laughs> like I, I want to get person. in I want to get my work done. I don't want to really like socialize unless I'm going to the gym to socialize. Like to me, that's like an event, you know, like I have friends that are in the lifting community. Not now, obviously. No, I have friends still in the lifting community, but <laughs> I can't go meet up with them now. Yeah. But in general, I would used to love setting aside like a Saturday. I knew I could go to the gym, spend six hours there. I'd still get all my training in, but like we're having a good time. Yeah. You know? It's not every day that I want to do that, but I want to do it every once in a while and I want to have a blast and not worry about time, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting topic to kind of hop off on as well, because I mean, I know for myself, <clears throat> like when I go into my training and stuff, I, I really, really struggle. Well, I, I, I train in the place that I work as well. So, so I'm a trainer and a coach. I spend mm -hmm. all of my time in that space. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm with clients in that space and then I'm coaching in that space and I'm surrounded by people that know me on a daily basis. And anytime mm -hmm. that familiarity happens, you know, people want to chat, people want to talk, but for talking about myself as an athlete, when you, when you're an athlete and you're like, okay, it's game time, I've got to get this done. I've got two hours to fit in this workout that should probably take me a little bit longer than this. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Hey man, how you doing buddy? And you're like, okay. My headphones yeah. are in, like, I don't want to be an asshole, Every but I really got to get on with this because, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. If I'm not to the minute, that's it. I'm screwing myself over. So, and mm -hmm. again, especially for you with everything that, that you kind of been through, the obviously rise to fame and, and, and familiarity with, with all of your incredible lifts, obviously all of the records that you hold. How do you balance that? Because I know that you are a social butterfly to, to a point, but when you have those, those sessions where you're like, Okay, guys, got to cut it off, got to get this done. How, how do you approach that? Because it's such a difficult thing to not, not come across as like an asshole, but be like, yeah. hey, guys, boundaries now, like got to get this done. Yep. It's hard. I mean, it's easier for me now because I work out in my garage. <laughs> but back in the day when I didn't yeah. uh, always work out in my garage, it was challenging. 
you know, and it is like, some of it is just letting the people around, you know, which can be hard. Some of it is like you're saying, you have headphones, you're hoping people take on the cue. You know, some of it is you're trying to be a little bit more heads down, which if you are a social person, like that should seem different to people like another social cue, you know, but it is hard too, because one of the best parts, let's be honest about strength sports is the community. So it's like that balance sometimes. And when push comes to shove, everyone that's in the community knows, like if you have to get work done, you're getting work done. And I feel, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like you can totally feel like you're kind of being a little bit of, of an asshole. Like if you're like, oh, but everyone gets it. Like, oh, okay. You know, like see you tomorrow. But that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But you just kind of have to put your head down. I've also gone at really weird times. I'll say that too. Like, you know, like. Like 3 a.m. You're like, no one's here. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can I avoid people? That sounds terrible. But sometimes if you, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I used to be a part of a 24-hour gym and I'd train it like sometimes I, I'd go at like t 10 o'clock at night or whatever. Like that would be my thing. It'd be like Friday night because it was really close to town as well. So I'd be in the gym and as I'm going into the gym, you're seeing like all these girls walking past in short skirts and high heels, like all getting ready to go out and like all the lads like drinking and I'm there like free workout and yeah, kind of yeah, night, yeah, like yeah. let's warm up for some squats. It's going to be a late one. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But then there's no one else um, around and you're like, yeah. is there a better feeling? Like obviously you get it every day because you train in your, in, in your garage. But, but it's over like having, having like, oh look, I've got the space. I've mm -hmm. got like no one else around. I don't have to yep. wait to get in a rack or this or yep. that. Yeah, for sure. It kind of is. Or I used to like, I, I lived, so I live outside of Boston in Massachusetts. Now I was in Jersey for a while and I trained in a CrossFit gym. I like rented, basically you could rent platform time. So I was time limited. So I had to get in and get out. Problem was, Usually I would still have like some accessory stuff I'd have to do and I have to go back to the Fine. But I would find like weird nooks and crannies too, you know, that you knew you could go and like hammer whatever accessories you had to. And then sure, if you wanted to socialize, you could socialize after, you know, or what have you. Um, so it is hard, but it is important because you can't spend, although we all want to spend all of our days at the gym. Yeah. We, we, we can't we, we know that we, we have to remove ourselves sometimes yeah. from that place yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent so in terms of uh kind of for you for kind of looking forward to to, to where things are going to be pushing now obviously all up in the air that you've obviously got a it's not a long process ahead of you because of course you, you know you've got a fantastic training base you've got a fantastic training age and you still have uh, a foundation that is actually probably stronger and broader than 90% of people that are training right now. So, so how, how are you kind of feeling moving forward for you? Are there any big things that, that, that you really want to kind of push towards? Is it for you at this point in time, just feeling good, moving good and, and getting back to, you know, just the, being in that place in yourself because i i know right. like when you when you lose it and i've been there before kind of like you talk about it, like you fall off the wagon and it's like oh and then you come back to it and you kind of have to go through that journey of kind of rediscovery a little bit mm -hmm. what's it going to be for you uh it's a tough question it is it's a i'm throwing some hard ones question. at you today i'm making that baby brain think oh man i think that's a question <laughs> a lot of people are probably thinking about this year, regardless yes. of if you're, if you're a new intermediate, advanced elite, whatever after the past year, because heck things did not go to your plan, no matter what happened. <laughs> um, so a big thing for me before the Arnold last year, um, raw nationals was in October before the Arnold. So like say my training cycle previously over the past summer of, I get, forget years now because it's it like 2019, Corona. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But like Corona has corrupted my whole like year. Yeah, yeah. Year lost a year. Yeah. Yes. You're like, so last I keep year. calling things Yeah. No, I keep calling things twenty twenty. And people are like, <laughs> You didn't do that in twenty twenty because no one did anything in twenty twenty. It's like, okay. Um in twenty nineteen I had a little bit of a back injury and it like really yeah. made me hate training. Hated training. Because I was showing up to training, to be completely honest, and 
I know I don't think that anyone will take this the wrong way, but I feel like whenever I say it, it just kind of sounds like not conceited, but you know what I mean? Like I was showing up to the training with the goal in mind of winning, like winning my next meet, winning the next, whatever the goal was, like, that was why I was showing up to training. So when I got hurt, that changes everything. Right. And I like had not accepted that. So I was still showing up with the same mindset and training was awful. Like I hated it. I was questioning if I'd still wanted to do it at some points in time. And I went to nationals and I hated it. <laughs> and it was one of the most frustrating meets of my life again, because of expectations and hoping and maybe it will just happen. Yeah. You know, it's all in here, isn't it? Yeah. yes, it doesn't happen with injuries. Like we were saying, like sometimes you have a shitty week and you show up the next week and it's the greatest training week of your life. That does happen, but not if it's an injury. <laughs> you're hoping, you're hoping that that's going to be the case. You're hoping that you're yeah. going to get underneath the bar and you're like, no more shoulder pain. Exactly. Ah! You're like, exactly. Oh, it's still there. <laughs> yep. And I was probably in the best shape of my so far life yeah. right before it happened, which is always what happens, right? I was like, yes, like this is it, like 2019, we're gonna have a year, and then obviously, whatever. So the training cycle for me from Raw Nationals to the Arnold, I knew at, after Raw Nationals, I had to take a step back. Like I was like, I don't wanna see a training plan. I don't was wanna that see a spot in yourself together. though? Did you speak mm -hmm. to anyone else about that at that time? What were any coaches like, hey, Megan, like, we're noticing this and this just in, in, in yourself, like in, in, tra in training. You're really blowing lately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was myself. I think I was okay. in denial the whole training cycle before. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like, it was like a quick yeah, 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 yeah. by any means. I went to raw nationals and it wasn't even their performance per se, which wasn't my best, but it was how I felt warming up. And like, I was also like peeing all over the platform, even when I was warming up, which I know it, one, it's not normal for anyone. I know some people have more issues with incontinence than others, but like it had never, ever, 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 ever been a problem for me. Yeah. Like that was a huge red flag, even when it's not a max, you know, not even close to a max lift, like 50%, like this is a problem. And then I, when I was warming up, it was like, okay, like I'm realizing these things. I'm seeing all these people that I know around me. And I'm like, I don't like, I just feel like off, you know, like something wasn't there. Yeah. And I started to feel like my body and my brain were like disconnected in a way, you know? And so after that, I was like, let's just take a step back for, you know, a little bit and slowly rebuild and go into the Arnold that way with a mindset of showing up to the Arnold and having some fun. And I did, I had a blast. Like again, weightlifting was my best meet, but powerlifting wasn't. One of them are never, I know when I go and do these crazy things, one of them's gonna take a hit. You know, it's usually whichever one's second, but whatever, one of them's gonna take a hit. Um, You're like, let's just flip the coin, uh, which one's gonna be? Uh, uh, weightlifting today yeah okay <laughs> yeah and I didn't even like do that good in terms of I might have gone like I think I went seven for nine maybe not if even if I'm correct I think no I think, I, I think yeah. yeah it wasn't even good that way but I had so much fun because I just you know like was Let like go. whatever yes and that was when I kind of in my mind was like hey we were talking about having my husband and I like a baby at this point, obviously, obviously I was very <laughs> soon after. Um, and in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be okay on the other side because I'll be okay showing up, up for me with the purpose of having fun. And that wasn't true before, like before I was showing up because I had a goal of winning and there is nothing wrong with either mindset. And you no. can be very good and have either mindset. But for me, mine had to change. For me personally yeah. and now that i'm on this side i know i could do both things like i could go in either direction the first meet i do i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna have some fun you know and then see where it takes me let things unfold as they do but i'm not gonna put an expectation on myself of showing up and bringing my best stuff my first meet back you know like too much pressure yeah yeah 100 <laughs> but but like i 
I, I love kind of like like what you've said with like the whole process where it's like to an extent I think we we are not putting myself in the same bracket as you but anyone else anyone that's like a, a, has been at an elite level or is at an elite level when you just you keep scaling and you keep scaling and you kind of get to that point where like you have to have some humble pie you have to get kicked in the fucking teeth and you mm -hmm. have to take that step back whether it's a case of that you yourself do it as an athlete or you're forced into it through injury or whatever it mm -hmm. might be like for me it was injury i've torn my acl I've only got like 50% of my right pec, like everything on me is busted to hell. It, yeah, exactly, right? What do you, exactly. what do, you do, strongman or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's all good. It's all, I don't need a pec. Who needs that? Um, but but the, the thing is that the it's kind of forced upon you if you don't do it yourself. But then when you, you come back to it, it's you are approaching it from a completely mm -hmm. different standpoint. And it like yes. it almost I feel like it unlocks your true potential because you're like, yeah. I understand, I respect mm -hmm. it, and yeah. now I'm choosing to step forward. Yeah. Like, let's go. I always say, and I am a true believer that this can be the mindset for someone that's doing their first meet or someone that is going to worlds year over year and winning, right? In whatever sport they're in. Like you can be the most elite level or a beginner. But usually you start off showing up, you want your PRs, you want to hit all your lifts, you want everything to go perfectly, right? And sometimes that happens and you progress rapidly and everything goes perfectly and you don't necessarily hit a hitch. Or sometimes, you know, you progress a little bit more slowly, but either way, at some point in time, you're going to hit, like you're saying, some type of hurdle. Sometimes it's a big hurdle. Sometimes it might just be having a shitty meat. You know, yeah. like bombing yeah. out or whatever. You have off days. It happens. What happens after that? That's when you realize who loves the sport for the sport and just wants to be in it. And we'll see that mindset shift. And then I call it like you're a lifer at that point. You'll come in, you'll come out. You might have years where you go hard. You might have years you're a little bit more laid back, but you're a lifer. And yeah. then there'll be people that realize, you know, it was fun, but I'm going to try something else now, which is absolutely okay. Yeah. You know, when I have athletes come to that point and I'm sure you had the same and you kind of like coaching them through that. It's like, don't force it. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no reason you have to do this. If you want to do it, then let's make it work. But if it, you feel like you're trying to force something, you're trying to fit like a square peg in a circle hole. I forgot to make it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Let's it's switch gears happen. or maybe let me help you find something else. Cause there's so many things out there and you should be able to enjoy whatever you're doing at the yes. end of the day. Yes. This you know? is exactly it. Like there, there are so many people out there that are like, I just hit the squat bench and deadlift because they think that that's just all they should right. be doing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there are so many people out there that are, they're forcing themselves. And I think when, like when we actually use the term, like actually forcing themselves, like they're not doing it, but they're not, getting the emotional drive out of it they're not mm -hmm. getting that that sensation of feeling good and feeling mm -hmm. great and being under a bar and it's like oh man this feels good for my body like for, for someone like right. yourself or myself like we kind of need to have that and we feed off right. of that but for some right. other people it does the complete opposite and as a coach mm -hmm. you have to be like okay well if that isn't if that isn't floating your boat why don't we find something that is mm -hmm. gonna float your boat because then you want to mm -hmm. do more of it you want to do it instinctually. I don't mm -hmm. have to be up your ass all the time to be like, right. hey, have you got this done? Have you got that done? You just want to do it. And then what happens with them? Right. Progress goes through the roof. They get all the training adaptations that they've been looking right. for. And now they've formed a positive habit with something that they mm -hmm. actually like. Right. Right. It's amazing. I mean, as a coach, the reason I coach is I always say like people first, right? You're a person first and then you're an athlete. And I want you as a person to help you be happy and healthy. And I know how my role in your life to help you do that is to be physical, right? Yeah. To train. Yes. You, you might've come to me and you might have these goals, uh, say for powerlifting. Most of my athletes are powerlifters. Um, maybe that's in the end though, not what's going to be the best. And that's okay. You know, like that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and 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 I think it's uh, again that that comes with uh, with your training age and experience as a coach as well. 
and kind of being able to step back and subjectively look at, at kind of what the, the road ahead has yeah. for for your your clientele and, and your athletes and it's like okay is this is this kind of is this what i want to be reinforcing or actually perhaps maybe there might be a better way around this mm-hmm. and i feel like some people may think like they're quitting right or they're giving up and yeah. that like has such a negative connotation and it's like look at all the things i've done aka i've quit those things at some point in my life i gave up on those things like it's okay because guess what i went through soccer i went through gymnastics i went through i tried to play basketball i'm very short terrible idea tried to play basketball at one point in time i tried ice skating they told me i shouldn't ice skate because i have weak ankles uh, <laughs> not even kidding i tried to do ballet they told me i had weak ankles too i guess i have weak ankles they're like you should quit while you're ahead I tried running distances. I tried doing Ironman. It took me a long time of quitting to find out what I actually liked to do. Yeah. So yeah. it's okay because it might lead you to where you should end up. I love, I it love It opens that another that door. Yeah, it's it so true. It opens another door. So true. But with every single one of those experiences, you grow as an individual and you grow as an athlete. And I think that's so, so, so important. Like I was the exact yeah. same. Start off through rugby, like got out of, did rugby from like six to 18, got to a really high standard, mm-hmm. then fell out of that. And I was like, what, like, what do I do with my body now? And then right. got into like track and field, did shot put, did discus, got into Olympic lifting, got into this, got into mm-hmm. that. And now after like doing like a very short stint of bodybuilding, I then found strongman. And it's like, right. and now I'm like, Oh my God, where has this been all of my life? Like, right? if only it's I had like this when I was 16. Off, right? <laughs> it's like the lights go off. I'm so jealous of the people that find not necessarily lifting. And sometimes I say that, like, oh, I'm so jealous you found lifting so early. In reality, what I mean is, like, you found your thing that yeah. early. That's awesome. That's incredible. Like, whatever that may be. I'm sure you wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything else that led me up to where I was because mentally I would not be the same lifter as I am without a doubt. Physically, I wouldn't either, you know? Um, But the mentally, no way. Like each experience builds on the next, you know? Yeah, I I, I mean, I think you are probably the perfect person to highlight quite that in terms of the road (laughs) to how you've got here when you look at it on paper, you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but then when you look at it from a scientific yeah. standpoint and you're like, right. okay, well, right. without even realizing it, look at the, you know, we talk about like training is like in a pyramid. Look mm-hmm. at the base of the pyramid that, that you have created here. It is so, so, so wide. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we always talk about the fact that with training, you know, if you're building a base, your peak is only is going to be as tall as your base. Like you need to have right. a solid base to be able to get to that peak. And the fact that you've done all these different things brings so many different facets to the table that when you mm-hmm. can eventually find a way to transition them in, in, into the world of powerlifting or super turtles or whatever it is, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, damn, we've got a lot of potential here that actually the vast majority of these athletes probably won't have and I think that's really really important is that you spoke about it earlier is that we're all individualistic so mm-hmm. individualistic and that is actually our superpower because mm-hmm. you are different to every other every other person that is going to step on that platform after you or, or before you and you all bring something slightly different and to compare ourselves to each other I think is really 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 tough because of mm-hmm. that exact point we are so individualistic but it's so easy to do we see ourselves as human beings we're weightlifters we're powerlifters we're this we're that you're like actually no we need to take a step back you're physiologically different you've got all these adaptations that are different how can you expect to elicit the same response as her or her or him or him or him just do what you can with your body that you have created and i mm-hmm. think that's really 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 important i know that you love to kind of talk about individuals being individuals and, and, and how you have to kind of really respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for a lot of my, my training, probably let's say even after probably in college and then after, I think a lot of people probably thought I was a little bit, you know, strange, crazy, whatever, however you want to say, you know what I mean? When the different things that I tried to do and different things I tried to combine and what is she doing? And 
I was having fun. You know what I mean? Like it worked for me, but yes, like all of those different experiences add on to one another. And I really dislike so much when you want to try something and it might be a out there idea. It might be a crazy idea and you want to try something and then you're almost like shot down and discouraged, you know, by someone who should be encouraging, possibly educating, right. To keep you safe, but encouraging whatever, whatever your loftiest ideas and goals are. Right. So it's like, I, I think one of the biggest things as I've gotten older and older that I've come to learn is that I might have some crazy ideas and I'm going to find people that support that. Well, tell me our objective can tell me what I need to be told, what needs to be done to get there. Shoot me down. I need to be shot down. You know, tell me if I'm way out, way out of the park and I need to reel it back in, but that aren't just going to be like, "Mm, that's not a good idea. I wouldn't do that. And to be honest, (laughs) I, when I started weightlifting, I I know I mentioned, I went to like a local gym and I was weightlifting. Um, that was one of the biggest things that it was like, it was always, always, you should quit powerlifting. You should quit powerlifting. You should quit powerlifting. And it just like started to rub me the wrong way. And push comes to shove. I think it was the two weeks before the Arnold. And at this time I had moved to Jersey, but I came back up here to compete like with the team that I was training with. And the first thing that was said was, have you quit powerlifting yet? And I was like, nope. And that's when I knew like, I got to find something else. And that's ironically, I met Max two weeks later. Right. So again, every door leads to another, whatever. That is crazy. I'm not kidding you. Two years later, I'm back up in Boston. I go to a local gym. One of the coaches comes in and this was the coach that I really liked. So this was like a punch in the gut. And I was, I was dropped into the gym training. He came in and, you know, I was squatting. And he was like, so, uh, do you quit powerlifting yet? And I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's the first thing you're going to say to me? Like, not even like, hey, that looks a little bit better than two years ago. You know, it was just like, eh. and I was like, no, actually, I'm going to Worlds. And he was like, oh, so like, are you going to quit after that? And I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, why are we discouraging are you dumb? people? Yeah. Are I'm you like, listening we, to what I'm saying? Why are we discouraging people? You know, like, we should be encouraging people to do these things. You, when you're an adult, you don't have things like when you were a kid as much that outside of work that you can have some type of gratification, delayed gratification. You can set yeah. some type of goals that are outside of work, unrelated to work. And this is one way we can do that. Why? you know, why can't we find a way to help people grow the best that we can, you know? Yeah. That was a really long rant. No, hey, no. I was like, that makes me angry. (laughs) And it wasn't even me they experienced it. Like, I want to go and speak to this guy. Hey, hey, man. Yeah, right. But I guess too, this is a lesson (laughs) for anyone that is thinking about something in their head and looking to, looking to an expert, right? Expert coach to get their opinion, to get their advice. If what you're being told doesn't fit with what's in your gut, ask somebody else. And I'm not saying like, ask mom, ask dad, like keep asking until you get the answer you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your research, right? Know what you're capable of, know what fits within your lifestyle, but your coach should be your biggest fan. They really should, you know? And that doesn't mean they're not going to give you tough love, but they should be your biggest fan. They shouldn't try to limit your growth as a person. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That that literally goes in the face of everything that a coach is about. Do you know what I mean? In terms of mm-hmm. actually growing and excelling the process and speeding up the process of, of this growth for the individual athlete, it's, it, 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 it honestly, it fries my brain that, 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 that people would do that <laughs> to, 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 to even yourself at that standard. But it just goes to show that you know even in this world now there is still unfortunately that like there is still a little bit of that closed-mindedness and that Mm -hmm. there are potentially coaches out there that aren't like yourself or myself that that will openly discuss this thing and that they are very rooted in their own individual ways and that i think now more than ever having access to this having Mm -hmm. access to social media having access to this 
plethora of education and information and various different you know social media styles or icons or mm-hmm. athletes or whatever you want to call them it's we're now in an age where it's so much easier like you talk about like the fact that when you first started off it's like the game is it's like yes. night and day it's night yeah. and day because you couldn't hop yeah. online and be like i'm no. just gonna research this i'm just gonna speak mm-hmm. to this person oh, i'm just gonna send a dm to max or whatever it's like no oh, no, no, no 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 you're like i know one i know Jared, who, who, who did some weightlifting, and uh, I know mm-hmm. Mark that used to do weightlifting, and I know that, that, that Sharon's dad also used to do some weightlifting, so I'm going to go talk yep. to these guys, and whatever they learn, they're going to give to me like, as like a hand-me-down, and then I'm yep. just going to hope that that's good information, that yep. I can excel, and it's like, right? fucking crazy! It's Nuts. crazy! It's nuts. The amount of information that is at your fingertips these days. And I hope in so many ways, and I know it doesn't, but like, I hope that it doesn't stop the whole trial and error, you know, like the beauty of it, because that's one thing that you're like, oh, there's all this information online. There is, and there's solid information and absolutely. But in, in terms of a coach, like I hope coaches are still like, that's the beauty of the sport. It's an art. It's an art, you know, like, yeah, there's science. Of course there is. And I love science. I'm a science person, but it's also an art. I yeah, love it. yeah, and what yeah. earlier is that there is no one singular no. way to get the job done, and that's what I love right. about it. It's like right coming from here, from here, from here, from here. Like even places that you're like, really, is doesn't that make any help? sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do it. And you're like, right. My first powerlifting meet, I had squatted before, like in the weight room and whatever. But in my head, I'm like, powerlifting, different sport. I need to squat different. Let me give this a Google. Again, social media, not a thing. Gave it a Google. Watched a YouTube. I think it was a YouTube. I don't even know. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm, yep. Do you need to change this, 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 and this, this? Did it. I was watching like how to squat for clip lifting. Didn't know that at the time. <laughs> so if you go back and look at like my first meet ever, I squat completely different than I ever squatted before and that I squat now and I'm like sitting back in my heels my stance is like super wide and then all of a sudden it was like ding different sport that's amazing oh my goodness (laughs) you're like oh my god I don't feel anywhere near as stable in this box position (laughs) like what is going on you're like oh yes you don't have the feedback of that triple ply suit holding you in position what are (laughs) what are knee wraps no. Like, what are these fun kind of things that are all wrapped up in? What's going on here? You're like, can I get that? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. People don't have that joy these days, you know? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. They don't. Yeah. Oh, geez. It's such a learning process. Oh, that's amazing. Now, I love to wrap up the podcast in the same way with everyone because I think it's very, very interesting. Um, so, quick question. I want you to imagine for a split second, that you are stepping into a time machine. And as you step into this time machine, you are taken back to when you're around 11, 10, 11, 12 years of age. You know, very, very formative years of our youth. You've got your whole life ahead of you. You've got so many things that, that you've yet to achieve and overcome and go through. And in those few moments, you get, you get to impart a bit of wisdom knowledge a mantra a way to live your life just something to give to your younger self to help her get through everything that you've gone through to where you are today in those few moments what do you say to your younger self i would say that it's okay to fail very short but like it's okay to fail and like it'll every failure like teaches you something that you need to know for the next stage. Sounds very simple, but man, everyone's going to fail. I had some real big failures and if I knew that I could pick myself up a little bit quicker from them. I would have, you know, would have been nice. I completely agree. I completely (laughs) agree. And there are some people out there that, you know, you, you, you look at them and you're like, well, they haven't failed they haven't failed yet mm-hmm. but it's inevitable you're going to face mm-hmm. it at some point that there is a physiological ceiling which is why we need to take on board adaptations to grow so yeah like everyone is going to hit it at some point or another and when you do that's when the real learning process starts 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, I completely agree with that. I love that, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on board. This has been an absolute Thank blast. You. I mean, I'm looking at my clock. I can literally talk to you all day. This, this, this no, is absolutely flown by. <laughs> running my mouth over here. Funny, I love it. It's awesome, awesome, I'm awesome. my 17th cup of coffee. So. <laughs> one it's giant fine. day. <laughs> the next week is one giant day for you. Yeah. Um, so obviously, really, really exciting to, to kind of see you coming back into everything. Obviously, all the best with your training. Thank really, you. really excited to eventually hopefully see you get back out there and, and, and in front of a crowd again and do what, what you love Proud. to do and perform. I know, right? Just saying it sounds weird, but it does. we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. I believe, please, yeah. we need yeah. this, people. We yeah. need this, but yeah. I, I'm so, so excited. I think there, there, there's still a load of things to come. And honestly, just thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for everything that you're putting out there. Your Instagram is absolutely amazing for content absolutely brilliant really really informative really educational especially with everything that you're going through uh with kind of like the the, the prehab rehab stuff with everything post-pregnancy so if anyone's out there that is interested please do hop across and check that out because uh there's some really really valuable information there but apart from that thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and uh we'll thanks for having me again yeah it's been sick. <laughs> thank you